Ladies and gentlemen, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, fuck cancer. For this is a Fred Dane Productions podcast. Yes. Yes. Yes! No more to say about that. No more. <laughs> Done. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think, it, I think we all do. Let's cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Morning conversation anyway. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm a Kendall Richardson. Yes, I am Vengeance. I am the Knight. I'm in mourning, a Michael Lister. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Uh, and you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Yes, experiencing it through the medium of uh, everything that we have. Uh, mm. Twitter impending. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> And Facebook mm. doesn't look crash hot too. No, it doesn't. Mm. <laughs> Social media is imploding and yeah, everyone's so... coming to Tumblr. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would rather go to Telegram than Tumblr. <laughs> I, I, I bet all my chances with, with all the uh, white supremacists and all the neo-Nazis, if, <laughs> if that would be okay. Except for very thirsty women. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome yes. to the show. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, as you can see, if you are a regular viewer slash listener uh, of our podcast, you will notice that uh, Fulia is not here with us today. No, unfortunately, Fulia is not here with us, but she's resting up. So get rested. Yes, yes, yes. She's you know looking after herself as one uh, must certainly do so. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean she won't be a part of the show. As usual, she has uh, provided us with her thoughts and feelings uh, over the various topics we're going to cover today. So that is very awesome. I can't wait to find out what she thinks and what she's been watching. Um, so I suppose we'll just start right there, shall we? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So Fulia, um, in terms of what she's watched this week, says the following. Didn't get to watch much this week. Managed to finish off Miranda and I loved it. Don't know why I hadn't watched it before. It's definitely going to be one of those shows that I'll end up binge watching at random times of the year. <laughs> I was also given the opportunity to watch the first episode of Rings of Power, thanks to Kendall. Oh. Uh, yeah. I liked what I saw, but at the present time, I probably won't get around to watching it because I have so many other shows I need to catch up on. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, was at yeah her house I think it was was it last yeah last week for recording the podcast and uh, after we wrapped um, we were like what should we watch while we're eating dinner and I was like well can I introduce <laughs> you to a show <laughs> uh, that might be my favorite show at the moment um, so yeah we sat down and watched the the first episode and yeah she yeah she she enjoyed it she was like it's very like it's it's uh, information heavy because they're setting everything up obviously in the first mm. episode, um, but yeah, but she yeah, but she liked the visuals and everything, and I was like, yes, I'm not surprised because it's amazing looking, um, but yeah, yeah, 
maybe one day she'll pick it back up again. Who knows? One day. Um, one day. One day. Can't believe she's finished Miranda already. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, to... being a, a UK um, show, it's probably six uh, six episodes a season. Yeah, it's probably very short. Hey, yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Um, very nice. Thank you, Fulia. Thank you, uh, Michael. What have you Hello. been watching? What I've been watching? Uh, not much, really. Uh, anything new? Um, uh, I still have my binge, so I've been trying to finish off um, uh, Harley Quinn. Nice. Because I'm up to season three now, so I've been watching all, uh, all of season th- uh, all of season three, and I'm really enjoying it. It's definitely um, something that's akin to me. Like I know um batman lore and all that and they just and and they just play around with it and it's and it's fun it's it doesn't go too like you know too on the nose sort of thing it's sort of setting up characters like they they would do and in this sort of weird universe that they're doing and mm-hmm. yeah and and uh i'm almost finished so and James Gunn is in it. Yay. Yeah, he is. Um, Who would have the thought s- the CEO would <laughs> be in this TV show? <laughs> Retrospective. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. And a lot of uh, in-jokes for DC as well, where Clayface is in the uh, Thomas Wayne biopic and they have to CGI on a moustache to Thomas Wayne, which I quite Fine, funny. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. So a lot of jabs and a lot of uh, in the window and I love it. Yeah, nice. I need to get back into it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, don't know if there's going to be another season or not compared going on, but I think, you know, because the CEO now, James Gunn, is in it, I thought, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, maybe maybe there's hope for that show yet. Yes, mm. and Peacemaker, and Peacemaker, absolutely. Yes, and uh, Batman: The Cape Crusader, that's being shopped around for streaming services and not yes. for uh, not for HBO. Not no, not for HBO Max. No, because no. I learned something today that I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Me thinks. Yeah, we might. <laughs> we just just might touch on that. Mm, so, um, what are you? Cool. What have you been watching, Kendall? What have I been watching? Um, well, uh, I finished Tales of the Jedi, mm. um, as I knew I would immediately um, the next day after we last podcasted. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was very very good. I really really liked it. Um, uh, like, I kind of hope they do more of it because. Yeah, it was it was so well written. Yeah. Um and I just was fascinated by Count Dooku's story throughout um the whole thing and seeing um, Yaddle <laughs> was like uh, cool. Uh, this is exciting, something different. Um they've never really gone into her before, have they? No. Like in the, in any of the visual media. So Angus. Yeah. And it explains why she she wasn't in uh, the other two movies. Yeah, that's very true, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, wow, they they did her much justice. I was very happy. Yeah, um, probably so not yeah. for Yoda. No, 
because her speech speech patterns are normal. Are normal. So mm-hmm. Yoda is putting it on. So <laughs> <laughs> Yoda is a special is uh, a special case. A special case. Yes. We're nine hundred year old. You reach <laughs> look as good. You're not. <laughs> Amazing. Mm. Uh, what else? I went to the movies a couple of times this week. One time of which we will be talking about later in the show, of course. But oh, spoilers! The, mm, spoilers! Spoilers, uh, sweetie. <laughs> You get that it, reference now, do you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I've only seen it once. It's all good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, well, any, yes, anywho, um, the other film I saw in the cinemas this week was The Woman King, ah. uh, starring Viola Davis um, and uh, John Boyega, and it was absolutely astounding. Um, it took a while to work its magic on me, though, I think. Like, I... I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll watch it again only for the fact that like it's, I don't know, there's nothing pulling me back to watch it again, really. But I'm glad for seeing it. It was a very good movie, very well made, you know, written, directed, produced and starring women. So hell to the yes, I was there. Um, And they were some badass women. Um, And I have to shout out um, Lashana Lynch, who played... Uh, one of the other uh, female warriors in this, her character was a scene stealer. A scene stealer. Fuck, I can't speak. <laughs> a scene stealer. Uh, and uh, yeah, stealer of screen. Stealer. Yes, I really enjoyed watching her uh, in the film um, in particular. So yeah, and it had a lot of really wonderful moments. So if you are at all interested in checking out. Uh, the Woman King, I do recommend, especially too because it's a story that we've never really seen told on the big screen before. Um, and of course, Viola Davis crushed it. So um, worth a look. Um, what else should I mention? I think the last thing I could probably just say is that I um, have started The Crown season five. Oh, yeah, that got dropped. Yeah, it came out this week, uh, finally. And I'm already past the halfway mark because I have no life sometimes, and that's fine. <laughs> that's all right. Who needs life? Who needs life? life? Yeah, exactly. Don't talk to me about life. Don't talk to me about life. Um, yeah, so I've just kind of immersed myself in that last night and today, and um, and yeah, very very good. I there was one one episode with one scene in particular that brought me to tears, like like. I wasn't sobbing, but I was a bit of a mess. And I was like, this is, that's painful. Um, but it was really like painful in a good way of like, oh my God, it had a, a, an emotional impact on me. Um, I won't say what it is, but um, but fantastic. It's really, really good. It's really good. And I'm loving the fact that some people on the internet are having trouble watching Imelda Staunton as Queen Elizabeth because of her past role as Umbridge in Harry Potter. I'm like, come on, guys, get over it. <laughs> She's an actress. <laughs> she can do two roles. I don't know. It's kind of fitting. <laughs> it's kind of fitting. Yeah. You know, for the people who, who think, you know, the Queen's are a representative of white supremacy, slavery, and uh, genocide. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> True. You can make, you can definitely make that connection. Very, very good point. Especially in this country. Especially in this country. Yes. <laughs> no to Very politics, so. Michael. No. <laughs> no, stop it. None of that. Um, cool. Well, that's that's 
pretty much the highlights of my weekly watchings. So, uh, yeah, good shit. Good shit. Tears. Uh, tears. All right. Let's get into some bad shit because it's now time <laughs> to go into the week that was in the nerdy news. This is the news in nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. This is going to be a bit difficult for both of us, I think, um, because we have to talk about the fact that Kevin Conroy passed away. Um, yeah, um, at the age of 66 after a, uh, a battle with cancer. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of... I kind of don't have the words. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're big fans of his uh, on this show. And I know there are probably millions of people out there that are devastated by this. Um, because, you know, not only is he one of the most iconic voice actors of a generation, but he was Batman. Like, he was Batman. He was Bruce Wayne. Um pretty much definitively like when you look at lists of ranking all the different batmans whether they're animated or live action generally kevin conroy is either at the top or close to um for a lot of people he is he is the definitive batman um yeah so it's just a big shock to all of us um that are fans of his and fans of the character in general um because, and our childhood as well, because, you know, Batman the Animated Series for us was playing on TV when we were kids. 92. We, 92 it started. We grew up watching it um, and listening to his incredible voice work, um, bringing that character to life in a way that we hadn't really seen before um, until then. And, you know, and then continuing that work, of course, through just countless... Uh, projects uh, where he reprised the role. Um, you know, Mask of the Phantasm is a, is a favourite of mine. Uh, and then, uh, of course, in the uh, Batman Arkham series of games, uh, he was as well. And then one of my favourite things, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad that it, he got to do this before he died. Um, he played Bruce Wayne in live action. In uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, um, still haven't seen, but I today saw his scenes in it. Yeah, it was really, really good and a very complex version of Bruce Wayne um, that he played. Um, he wasn't in it very long, um, but uh, yeah, what he did in that show and the way he contributed to the the story and the multiverse ness of it all was was just wonderful um and i remember getting such a thrill out of seeing that like that whole thing i've all i go on about it is this like mecca of dc-ness and it really is because they just they brought in everybody especially dc um, shows on television yes absolutely yeah from you know the smallest shows that you know don't get much love and attention to you know the biggest of the big and even some movie stars showing up so but yeah, so it's a, if you haven't seen that, it's a, it's worth a watch, especially for um, Kevin Conroy um, and his live action portrayal uh, of Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say other than that I'm really sad, <laughs> um, and I really hope that this Cape Crusader show can find life somewhere else. I'm sure it will now, 
Mm. Like I, I would be very surprised if, because if, if it doesn't get picked up, there'll be a petition or a Kickstarter or something <laughs> to, to actually, because this is the last, this will be the last time we'll get to hear his voice. I believe he's playing Thomas Wayne though, and not Bruce yes. in the show. So that's slightly different than what we used to, but obviously it's still Kevin Conroy. So um, fingers crossed we'll be watching that next year in 2023. But until then, um, all I have to say is thank you to Kevin Conroy for everything and for giving us probably the best Batman we'll ever see. So, yeah. Um, before I start crying, Michael, go. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'll probably cry with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to piggyback off uh, Cape Crusader, uh, word is uh, there's sort of a bidding war between um, uh, Hulu, Apple uh, Plus, and... Uh, Netflix, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and it's between those three. So oh, good. It's, it's still sort of up in the air of where where they go where they go okay. with it. But right. this is something that people would want to see because it's been helmed by uh, by Bruce Tim and pretty much uh, a lot of people from uh, an- the animated series of Batman way mm-hmm. back when. So there's definitely a lot of fan hype for for it, especially our generation, like. Because we got, we've had new generations, and we're going to be introducing to new generation to the other one. And mm-hmm. having said that, uh, it's kind of kind of cool that they actually did get um, Kevin to play Thomas Wayne. Then it's like father, father and son sort sort of thing, and and that was, that's kind of cool because there's one uh, episode within the um, Batman animated series. Where Batman meets his sort of childhood idol, uh, the Grey Ghost. Do you know this mm, episode? Yeah, I've, I've, I, yeah, I, I probably watched it back in the day, but I, I know of it. Yeah. And they got, and they got um, Adam West to play the yes. Grey Ghost. Yes, that's so right. So sort of meta upon meta, and that, and that sort of thing. So, you know, yeah. he, he could have been the Grey Ghost in this new series, but it's kind of, kind of cool that they got uh, Thomas Wayne because. Mm. Uh, his dad was sort of a pinnacle of light for him and for the Bath- Batman mythos. And, yeah, it's pro- <laughs> it's going to be a bit on the nose that we're going to see Thomas Wayne die and <laughs> and we and we see Kevin Conroy die in this. Oh, well. But, <laughs> funny enough, I actually watched uh, uh, an episode that actually um, uh, of Harley Quinn that actually makes a joke about we constantly seeing Martha, Martha and Thomas Wayne die, like <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we know the mythos, and we know know the uh, the pearls falling to the ground, and, and and all that stuff. Of course. So, and yeah, just going back to Kevin, yeah, it's uh, very heartbreaking, and just out out of the blue, he was a very yep. um, private guy. So, mm. um, people who knew him knew he was a a, a beacon, and just a phenomenal um, actor in his own right. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, seeing him doing doing the live action Bruce Wayne was sort of cool, like for me, because um, he could actually carry that that scene as well. Uh, not just for a voiceover artist, but he was actually a, a, an actor in his own right. And there's actually like a sort of a doco sort of animated. Uh, story about his life as like an up and comer, 
and him being uh, uh, him being a gay man during like the eighties and and all that. Like he was an openly um, gay gay person. Mm-hmm. Like the the first first Batman who was gay. Yes. <laughs> and that sort of thing. So so definitely in the uh, LGBTQI media sort of atmosphere, it's like the the mm-hmm. best Batman was gay, and yeah. we we can't we can't hold that. Um, back or anything like that. It was it, it was him, um, and him being Batman, being the ultimate voice for Batman, in the same show as the ultimate voice for Joker as well. I mean, it was just lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle. Yeah, and and it was sort of like an offhand thing. Is like, oh, every movie gets an animated sort of thing, and it just grew out of that. And and this and Bruce Tim and and Paul Dini just. Just take, taking it and just running with it, and inventing Harley at the same time. I mean, yeah. it was such a, and changing the origin for for Mister Freeze as well. Like that is the definitive um, origin for Mister Freeze with 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 his uh, with his wife in Cryo Freeze. He wasn't doing it. He he wasn't doing all his crimes through malice. It was just the love of his life and all that. And yeah, such a such a big hit and and I'll tell this story because I don't think I've actually said that um he was at a he was at a Melbourne um supernova I think or or way back when it was called I'm again uh, it's like my fir- first sort of con that I went uh, by myself because he was going to be there because he was sort of there to promote uh Arkham City and yeah I I was like five people away from getting his autograph, but he had to stop. And so I was so close to getting his autograph. Sorry. It's all right. And yeah, it's a shame that I'll probably never get that chance ever again. But still, um, those Arkham games sort of rekindled my sort of love for Batman as well. And him being the voice of Batman and Mark Hamill being the voice of Joker and and all throughout those three games, um, where he was the main, he was the main Batman, and it was all, and all with Joker being, and all with Mark Hamill being the Joker. Even spoiler, spoiler, but he does die in the at the end of Arkham City, but they m- somehow managed to bring back Joker in the third one. So it's sort of mm-hmm. like that trilogy of games was absolutely phenomenal. And 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 Ghost of a Phantasm is like people's up there with the best Batman movie like ever. Uh, say what you will about the live actions, because you know they they all have their sort of um they they all have their differences and their and they've got their cons and they've also got their or mm-hmm. uh, their pros as well. But that was was pretty much pinnacle Batman and. And yeah, and he will be missed. And yeah, it's just it's just sad, just sad, just out of the blue, and yeah, just annoying. And you know, sixty six, not bad. They're too young, but sixty six is a Batman number as well. It is, yeah. So, so it's a little poignant in a way. Yeah, like yeah. he's like it was. Yeah, he grew up with the Adam West Batman, so it's yeah. so, sort of fitting. And, yeah. Uh, if I become Batman, I hope hopefully I die at 92. 
Yeah, yes. who knows? Who knows? I can't be Batman. Ah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I mean, Kevin wasn't really that, like, bulky or anything like that. So having that voice coming out of that, <laughs> out of that guy who looked like Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he will be missed. And, yeah, hats off. Yeah. Hats, uh, cows off for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Mm. Okay. All right, let's liven things up a bit, shall yes. we? Let's think Disney. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Oh. So, the rest of the news. Um, starting with some Star Wars news that uh, this week, uh, a few days ago, was announced, and then uh, today at the time of recording was dropped uh, a new animated short uh, which is a collaboration between Lucasfilm and Studio Ghibli. Um, and it's called uh, Zen, Baby Grogu, and the, or Grogu and the Dust Mites. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a cute little three-minute um, video, uh, video that's, uh, yeah, is, is, is really adorable um, and just... Very simply animated, but very beautiful. Um, Ludwig Göransson does the score, so that's also very appropriate. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's just this cute little innocent innocent little thing. Like baby <laughs> baby Grogu's just his little he's just there, and he's he's seems to be doing that force meditation thing. And then these dust mites come along and disturb him. But then they <laughs> they give him a, a little flower at the end, and it's all. Very cute. It's, it's just all yeah. nice. It's all nice. It's all very nice. So I, I enjoyed watching that. It was you know, if you're looking for a little pick me up and reminder of good things in the world, uh, then yes, definitely check out uh Zen on um on Disney Plus. Um Mike, did you have a chance to watch it? Uh no, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, there you go. Did it come out like not too long ago? It dropped today. Ah, oh, there you go. So that's why yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I've been working. I work for it. I work on the weekends. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, check it out. It's 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 yeah. It's only yeah three minutes, and it's yeah. It's really really nice. I'll watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could put it on in the background if uh, you like. Well, wow, the. The sound will probably go through, so... Yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll do something else. You can watch it later. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, podcast. Ha-ha. Ha-ha, that's what you can do. Yes. Um, were you a, stu- are you a Studio Ghibli fan? I know Foley is, of course, but are you... I dabble. I, 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 like, I, I like some of his stuff. Like, mm. I haven't seen all of it, but... No, neither. Uh, Zelda, like, just absolutely adore, <laughs> adores, like, like my, my hero Totoro. And just My watches it, Totoro, yeah. and just watches it constantly. And also, uh, Pokio, as well. The sort of Ponyo. Li- Ponyo, sorry. The little, yeah, fi- okay. the little, the little fish girl, and she, she really enjoys that one. <laughs> nice. With her dad, voiced by Liam Neeson. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, yes, very true. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, next item in the news um, brings us to the Upside Down because last week, the 6th of November, was Stranger Things Day. Um, 
And the reason is Stranger Things Day, of course, is if uh, you're a fan of the show, you would be aware that that is the day that Will Byers uh, goes missing, uh, enters the Upside Down. But he turns um, up again. Yes, and he, turn, he turns up again, yes. Um, yes, anywho. So, <laughs> um, so null yeah, and void. Yeah. <laughs> so Netflix, Netflix and the Duffer Brothers um, had this whole day kind of planned of announcements and screenings across America, which was really cool. They actually showed um, volume two of season four uh, in a bunch of cinemas across America, um, which is the first time it's been screened um, on a big screen like that. So that's very cool. Oh, that would be Um, great. I know. It would have been so good. Um, So, yeah, so that was one of the really cool things they did. There was a few other little things, but the two biggest takeaways from Stranger Things Day this year was the fact that uh, there was a VR game announced. Um, And this sounds quite interesting because when you're um, playing this game, you're not going to be playing as Eleven or Hopper or any of our heroes. You will be playing as Vecna. Um, it is a game from his perspective. Uh, POV. Uh, yes. According to uh, descriptions, it's going to be like a psychological horror game uh, with some action, of course, thrown in. Um, so it says, Become an explorer of unknown realities as you form the hive mind and tame the void. Invade minds and conjure nightmares in your quest to enact revenge on Eleven and Hawkins. Uh, and it's coming out, uh, uh, it says winter 2023. Um, so I'd say that's the end of next year. Um, so that's really, really cool. Um, and then the other thing that they announced, of course, and this is the big one, the Duffer Brothers posted a photo of the first page of the script for season five, and it has the title of the episode, and it is chapter one, The Crawl. Uh, we know nothing else about it. We don't know pub. what this is. We, this is not a. We don't know if this is a reference to anything. Yeah, pub. A pub. Oh, pub. They're doing a pub crawl. Yeah, they're doing nice. a pub crawl. Vecna's on the a upside pub crawl. down is Australia. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, it's starting uh, to make sense uh, now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. Um, pub yeah. Crawl. So, so that's uh, yeah. I feel like I don't know. Maybe the crawl. I would say maybe it would re- reference like the crawling of the upside down into our world. But I believe season five is starting with a time jump. So maybe not that, um, who knows? Let the theories begin basically. Eddie's um, coming back. Sorry. Eddie's coming back. Uh, yes. Bring my man's back. Jesus. Um, that would be nice. That's not going to happen anyway. Um, <laughs> my, <laughs> Michael, um, I know you love Stranger Things. I uh, do. Did did any of this uh, take your fancy? Did you did you get excited? Probably the crawl bit. In a lot, a lot of speculation, it's like, ooh, yeah. It's, it's probably going to be a while before we'll watch it. So yeah, probably. <laughs> but you know, do do what you slow slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. And the VR set. Well, I haven't got a VR set, so so. Um, I don't know. I think Fulia does. She does, I was going to say. So we could go to her house 
and play it with her Oculus, yeah. and then she can watch us freak out, <laughs> or watch me freak out. Or she could play it. Or she could. We should. Yeah, she won't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're playing the bad guy, so it shouldn't be that scary if you. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. So <laughs> it. So really, the story, the story within how Vecna created the hive mind is in that in that game. So. Mm, mm-hmm. There's some lore in it as well, so you're gonna have to play it to actually get it, and or you could just watch someone play it on online. I mean, yeah, they'll I be, don't know. Yeah, I'm not your dad. <laughs> I'm not your dad. I yeah, do it, you yourself. Do. <laughs> do it yourself. Do it yourself. Jesus, live your own life, man. <laughs> yeah, be be in VR if you want. Yeah. Oh, I can't handle reality. <laughs> I'll I'll go as a guy. As a guy. Yeah. Number one. Make it so number one. Yeah, Stranger Things Day. Comes around every year. Yes. So, first, sorry, I'm just doing calculations in my head. Stranger Things episode um, season one is uh, 1983. Uh, yeah, I think so. So, next year will be... Technically, the 40th anniversary of William Byers disappearing. Oh. So we could be getting something special next year. That is a good point. Mm, we tra- very much could. Yeah, so maybe a trailer. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be a trailer. Yeah, it'll probably be a trailer. Five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We will take it. We will eat it up. Either way, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> Just like our next piece of news. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Brilliant segues. Subtle segues. Subtle, yes. But as um, subtle as a brick wall to the face. Yes, pretty much. So, in our last piece of news this week, uh, there are talks brewing on the interwebs that Disney and Lucasfilm, again, um, are going to be collaborating on a series... About Indiana Jones. Um, we know nothing else apart from that. Um, obviously, one thing we can say for certain is that Harrison Ford will not be in it. Because he has pretty much said explicitly that he is done. Now that Indy 5 has wrapped and will be coming out mm. next year. Um, that's That he's hanging up the, the hat and the whip um, for good. Um, so... Uh, there's also theories that it could be a continuation of the young Indiana Jones adventures. Maybe. I don't think so. No. Um, but I don't know what else they could do. Hmm. Mm. Um, regardless, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the franchise. Um, you know, have been my whole life and, uh, yeah, I mean... Any chance to explore the world of, of Indiana Jones a bit more would be really, really cool. I just, yeah, I just have some reservations about uh, exactly what it's going to be about. So I think I'm going to just hold off on any kind of judgments, whether they be good or bad, until we get a synopsis or casting or trailer, I think. Um, but hopefully it's good. Hmm. Hopefully it's good. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. And an um, interesting premise. Yeah, we need an interesting premise. Yes, that'd be that'd be nice. Um, 
What do you think, Michael? Do you think they're finally going to make this Shia LaBeouf as the new Indiana Jones? <laughs> no. I don't think he has any interest in it. No, no, no. If he's not back for the f- fifth one, then no. Yeah, no. I don't think so. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, like, young Indy, like, before everything. I mean, you could sort of get away with that because it's happened before, and you can sort of play with it, like, uh, stuff like right before like Raiders or anything like that. So, um, and you can have your own sort of separate stories. Uh, having said that, there's also a little time variation between, uh, last crusade and crystal skull. So you can possibly do stuff like, uh, after world war two, like the sort definitely, of- but who, who the hell, would play Indiana Jones, and why do we want that? Oh, wow, it's it's replacing like Harrison Ford has been done before. True. All right, Alden Ehrenreich, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's pull him out. <laughs> <laughs> pull him out of the freezer. Yeah, he hasn't done much, has he? Um, I suppose I don't know. Um, yeah, so you can maybe after the Crusade, and then uh, what happens in between? In between that and the, yeah, pretty much the 1940s era of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, like, right before the Cold War, so that's 1950-something, whatever it is. So, uh, so it's, yeah, I'm th- thinking maybe they're all young Indy, like, after, okay. after he gets the scar and he's, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You can have young Indy because you got you got um, uh, Phoenix. What's, what's <sighs> River, River Phoenix? Played, River Phoenix. He played young Indy in the yeah. Yes, that's right. So there there has been young Indy, and you can't. Yeah, obviously you can't get you, you can't get uh, uh, River Phoenix. Unfortunately. Oh no! Unfortunately, no. But. Um, I think it was Sean Patrick Flannery who played him in the the, the TV show. Um, For young indie, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. His... I didn't really watch it. Oh, I did. Um, hang on. Let me let me just fact check. Yeah. So, yeah. Sean Patrick Flannery. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and then I think there were other um, actors as well, but it was mostly him. Um, he's still acting, so you could definitely get him to play this version of indie that yeah. takes place between the, the time periods you're suggesting. So I vote, I vote for that. Yeah. He could be, he could be, um, television indie and obviously yeah. Harrison Ford can be movie indie. Yeah, and then done. You, you don't need to trade on any, any toes, but there is word that, um, this new Indiana Jones movie is having some de-aging as well. So oh, okay. they could be setting something up in the movie. That's a good call. So, so the movie could be like a a backdoor pilot, dare I say? Mm. I mean, yeah. There, and there has been people who who've played in Air Jones, you know. And no, I'm not banking for Chris Pratt to play. <laughs> no, I don't think He's the internet could handle yeah. being Mario and Garfield and just too many things. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, so I'm interested if 
the premise is interesting and and cool. I mean, yeah. you can't have any Air Jones without Nazis, so. No. Yeah. Oh, Indiana cool. Jones during the First World War. When he was like 10. 10? Last Crusade begins in the 20s, like those flashback scenes. So he would have been like a teenager or younger. Oh, uh, In First World War. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just, that's just what I remember. Yeah, I thought. Could yeah, I, I don't know. I, I th- for some reason, I thought. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Time is relative, and it doesn't really work for me. No, I ignore time. Any people ignore it. Ignore it. I I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right, let's move on, shall we? That is the nerdy news for this week, guys. Yes. And uh, now, of course, it is time to roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. 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 All right, we got some cool trailers to discuss Uh this week, starting with uh, the first trailer for John Wick Chapter 4. I think this looks good, but it, I also think it looks very much like part four of a film franchise that's maybe overstaying its welcome. I don't <laughs> know. Maybe that's controversial. Because um, a lot of people seem to really like these movies. And I don't blame them, because I've seen the first one, and I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, action, straight up action films like John Wick are just not entirely my cup of tea, um, but uh, but it was a good movie and I liked it. Um, especially, mostly just for the stunt choreography is just next level. Um, so that's probably one of the other reasons that the franchise has held on as long as it has, because I think the first film came out like 10 years ago now, or almost 10 years ago. Anyway, so yeah, it's enduring, which is cool, and we're getting a couple of spin-offs about it, so that's also cool. Yeah. Um, nice to see. Like, I just, I just get such a kick out of seeing Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves in the same scene. Um, so that's fun. Um, and Donnie Yen is a badass, so um, I'll take some Donnie Yen action anytime. Um, but yeah, I don't really have too much else to say. It looks good. Bill Skarsgård's also in this, so hell to the yes for Bill Skarsgård. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I need to watch, I'm definitely going to need to watch two and three, obviously, if I'm going to want to sit down and watch this one. Um, but um, For the story. Yeah. For the story. For the plot. The plot. Yes, the plot, yes. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to get a massive kick out of this movie. Um, uh, but maybe not me. So that's how I'm feeling. Um, it was a good trailer, though. Michael. Hello. What did you reckon? Are you a fan of the franchise? Um, I, I do like him, just for a bit of dumb fun, a bit of popcorn movie action. Um, my wife definitely enjoys Keanu Reeves. Uh, we, we often joke it's um, her second husband. Um, <laughs> or yeah, and sometimes sometimes when we watch, because he's also in um, 
uh, the SpongeBob, the, the newer SpongeBob movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he play he plays a sage, and his head's in a tumbleweed. So he's a sage. As oh, a sage. I think I've seen a screenshot of that actually. Yeah. So every time he comes up on the screen, it's like, oh look, it's stepdad. Jesus, don't confuse them. <laughs> probably don't know, even know what a stepdad is. True. Anyway. anyway. Um, yeah, it's just a little joke that we have. It's a nice. Joke, it's a joke, right? It's cute. It's a joke, right? I'm <laughs> not being replaced. Um, That's fine. No? 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 <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so uh, Keanu Reeves um, and other guys. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Jeez. Anyway. Lawrence um, Fishburne, Donnie Yen, Bill Skarsgård. No, 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 no. Um, um, my wife's hall passes. Oh, okay. Um, I'm pretty sure Jared Leto is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Apparently um, that's on uh, Prime for free. What is? Uh, Morbius. Ah. So that's how my brain works. Nice. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so it's Marvin, Morbin time. Yeah, it's Morbin time. Uh, still not, still haven't watched it yet. You still haven't seen Morbius? No. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's part of the MCU, kind of. It's sort of. Yes. I would love, I would love to get your thoughts on it, but it is a fucking shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I need that pain? I don't need that pain. Yeah, I'm true. already grieving over Kevin Conroy. I don't need... Yeah, no, let's not add to that pain, shall we? No. No. <laughs> Don't do it to me. Don't anyway, do me. Uh, John Wick. Yes. Looks cool, looks interesting. I mean, they're, they're not doing it just for a highbrow sort of cinema entertainment. It's just just shallow analysis. I just, yeah, sometimes you need that in your world. And I love that. So, yeah, um, I might sit down and watch it. Uh, after I've seen two and three, like yourself. Uh, so when is it coming out? Well, uh, it's not too far away. It's going to be released in cinemas on the 23rd of March next year. Ooh, 23, 3, 23. Yeah. Almost a palindrome, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, cool. Our second trailer <laughs> this episode is... Very much a teaser trailer, um, because it is our first look at The Whale. Mm. Uh, now, this is a film that I'm, I don't know how many people listening or, uh, or watching are, um, you know, we're following the, the beginnings of the, the Brendan Fraser renaissance that is about to happen. The um, comeback. The comeback. Yes. Um, so this film has been doing the rounds at the festivals for the past few months. Uh, Directed by Darren Aronofsky, um, one of my favourite art house directors, and also starring Sadie Sink from Stranger Things. Oh, she Um, ran up that hill? She ran up that hill, man. She (laughs) and made a deal with God. Um, Yeah, so Brendan Fraser in this is transformed and almost unrecognisable. He's playing a man who is confined... Uh, to his house because he is morbidly obese um, and it's I think it's a story just about you know him and his daughter and his relationship with the world and humanity I guess like it just seems like it's a very intimate human tale with very few people in the cast and 
very few location changes just um but probably some psychological fuckery going on because it's darren aronofsky and that's what mm-hmm. he's known for so um but it looks very poignant and and um and nice and i feel like it's going to be a tough watch probably um but a, a worthy one i think especially because you know everyone has been already talking you know that that this is not only is this brendan fraser's comeback to hollywood after all those years where he was wrongfully sh- uh, shunned um blacklisted blacklisted um yeah uh, the word is that you know this is going to be his first oscar nomination if not an oscar win for him um so I am, I am, for that reason alone, I am very much excited to see this. And just because, you know, he seems like such a good dude and deserves the world. So um, it's nice to see him get some accolades. And especially because, you know, the acting I've seen him do has been fine. You know, when he was at his peak in the 90s and the early 2000s, he was, you know, I enjoyed everything I watched. But I've never really seen him take on a dramatic role like this before. So that's the other reason that I'm like very much interested seeing how this movie goes um Mm. but uh yeah i can't wait um i don't even know if i want to watch a full trailer to be honest just because i feel like i want to go in very fresh yeah when i watch this so yeah but it looks like it's going to be a heavy one um a difficult watch but um definitely worth your time i reckon so yeah yeah i'm in for the whale um michael uh how are you feeling about this yeah, Moby Dick. Catch that whale. Moby Dick. Um, yeah, just looking at it and only heard like rumblings on the internet of definitely with the um festivals and going around and him getting like a it was a six minute uh oh. standing ovation at the yeah. at Cairns, I think it was. At Cannes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely something that's pretty special, even for uh for him for his career. And yeah, just the the entire the entire internet just is on his side, and they want to see him like succeed, and that's why it was, and that's why, um, uh, when uh when Batgirl was cancelled, everyone yeah. everyone was just going, but we could have seen, like the rise of <sighs> Brendan Fraser just doing something because yeah, because yeah, he's in Doom Patrol, and I still need to see that one, but. It's mostly his voice. We want to see him like embody like a character, mm-hmm. and with this, it sort of does. It tugs at it tugs does uh, this tra- this teaser definitely tugs at your heartstrings. It's like it does look like it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, because it will be a character mm-hmm. study of uh, this person who's uh, been wants to be wants to be within the outside world, but he's constricted by his own body. And and how does that play within like uh, his development in the character? And it looks very very interesting, and and just a lot of stuff is ha- happening. And yeah, Brendan Fraser is is awesome. Uh, like <laughs> he's come a long way since George George of the Jungle, yeah. And, all, and and the Sino Man, and yeah. I mean, still haven't seen Monkey Bone, and I fe- feel like I should watch that. I haven't seen it. I can't speak to it. I've heard. I've heard it's like it's a bit of an out there film. So, right. Yeah. So, so I definitely 
definitely on my to-do list and yeah and the mummy um tr trilogy as well it's just something uh, something great to behold and yeah more of that please and yes yeah, yes he's probably not going to go be back being like the swashbuckling hero that he once was but he needs that it's it's his next chapter in his career and and him doing more interesting stuff and mm -hmm. and if you don't evolve as a as as an artist then you're stuck doing the same thing over and over and over and and that's just boring yeah, very true. Yeah, so when is this going to be released, Candil? Yes. yes, well, The Whale will be in cinemas here in Australia on the 2nd of February. Get that Which... whale, Ahab. Yes, get it. Cautionary tales. Cautionary tales. Okay, and for our last trailer, we decided to <laughs> go back a little bit because um, we were kind of light on trailers and news this week and I thought with the opportunity of Fulia not being here, sorry, not sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> Michael and I are going to talk about the trailer for Violent Night, um, which is uh, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like Die Hard but Santa <laughs> almost. It feels that way. Um, David Harbour uh, embodying a, a completely different version of Santa Claus that we haven't really seen before, um, where he's just, you know, willing to throw hands with anyone who messes with kids on his naughty list, um, or his nice list, rather. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was just watching it with a big smile on my face the whole time. <laughs> like, I mean... I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies because I just think they're a bit too saccharine for my liking. But, uh, but and, yeah, and it starts that way a little bit. But then once the we learn what the plot is and that, you know, bloody um, old mate. Is it Leguizamo? John yeah. Leguizamo? Yeah. Um, he, uh, Speaking yeah. of John Wick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, he uh, is a leading this group of, of gangsters or criminals into, into this family home and, uh, cause you know, they have money that he wants and, um, but then Santa rocks up and is having none of it. And I just, yeah, I'm here for, for Santa fucking people up with weapons and violence and just, it doesn't even, it's not even that like a, like a horror film. Like I thought it was more of a horror, going to be a horror movie, but it's definitely more of a, a an action sort of a movie. Um, which is fine, but I, I can do an action film if it has, like, an interesting premise and performances, which it looks like it will do. And Santa with a man bun <laughs> is also an interesting look. Uh, if you're um, going to go into action, you need to tie that back. Yeah, true, true. That hat's not going to stay on forever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I liked it. And the dialogue, I just... When he said, <laughs> he said something to the effect of... It's time for a season's beatings. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Punerific. Punerific, I know. I just oh I was I'm a sucker for puns. But it just <laughs> and it felt it felt like <laughs> it just felt like a nineties action film in that sense, because nineties action films had a lot of cheesy dialogue like that. Um so it's just yeah. It, this looks like it's gonna be uproariously funny and uh, just a good time, I think. Leave your brain at the door. 
um, and watch gangsters get beat up like Santa Claus, by Santa Claus. Um, yeah. 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 I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for this. Michael, I know Hello. you are. Um, how, how does this trailer make you feel? Uh, fills me with Christmas cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, it's just the premise and 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 David Harbour and, and everything in between. It's so yes, more please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely in the same vein as uh, Die Hard, but with Santa. So it makes sense. It is a Christmas <laughs> movie, mm-hmm, and damn straight. Yeah, and just panorific, the real Santa, just just annoyed, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, there's there's been a couple of these sort of different sort of hyper violent sort of Christmas film uh, Christmas films coming out because there was actually a, a trailer not too long ago long ago uh, pr- yeah last yesterday really uh, came out um, Christmas Bloody Christmas which is about a a robotic uh, Santa from a from a mall or something that sort of goes haywire and start, starts killing people. Hmm. So that that's another one to look out for. I mean, yeah, something to do with Christmas and violence. It's just it just sits well with me <laughs> because I don't know. I, I've always had Christmases growing up. I've I've always I've always enjoyed them. And I'm sort of the sick individual that likes like twisting things in a different way, and I can sort of see see oh people might like this because Christmas time is fairly stressful, and um, and I can sort of see that now being an adult and <laughs> being in charge of Christmas now, and having kids myself, uh, it's it's uh, drawn to be something different as well. So. Uh, probably not something for the kiddies to watch. No. Unfortunately. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, dare I say, um, uh, Christmas Vacation is probably borderline where I would <laughs> I would yeah. let them watch. Yeah. I mean, I still haven't fair. seen Christmas Story yet. Oh, yeah, the one that they're making a sequel to now. Yeah. Mm, well, I've yeah, seen I've, that trailer I've, as well. Yeah, I haven't I've, seen... I haven't seen... Yeah. Apparently, that's like the American Christmas that everyone remembers in America. Yeah, it's very, uh, yeah, popular. And it just went past, like, Australia's like, what's this? We don't don't get this. (laughs) (laughs) We don't understand this story. Even though there's so, so many stuff that sort of referenced it, like the tongue on the, tongue on the bar and, and sort of drunken Santa and, and all that. And it's like I didn't really get that as as a kid. But going back to Violent Night, yeah, definitely, definitely going to be in the rotation. I reckon nice. when, when the kids go to bed. Yes, 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 yes. When you tuck tuck them in on Christmas Eve, as they fall asleep waiting for Santa, you can watch Santa rock up and kick some ass. Yes. 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 The yeah, and not that uh, Mel Gibson one. The fat man. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we don't talk about that one. No, don't need to. No, don't need to. No. 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 So when is this coming out? <laughs> Violet Night 
will be in cinemas on the 1st of December. Ah. Yeah. Just yes. in time. Just in time. <laughs> Just in time. All right. That's Trailer Park done. We're rolling out. We're done. We're done with that. And now we're going to go right into a quickie review. Quickie review. That was quick. That was quick. Yes. All right. And now it's time for... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have all seen uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Um, however... As the movie has only been out for like three days, um, we're not going to talk spoilers. No. Um, we might do a spoiler discussion down the road, maybe. Who knows? Um, however, uh, we're just going to keep it spoiler free just in case there are people listening and watching that haven't had a chance yet to go check it out. Yeah. Um, but we will give our thoughts. Starting with Full Ears, because she left us a lovely paragraph with all of her um, feelings of the movie, so I will read that out now. Okay. Feelings. Feelings. Speaking of Something feelings. Something to do with feelings. <laughs> Fully says all the feels. Mm. A lot of drama and tension throughout the film. Shuri's painful mourning for her brother was definitely felt by the audience. The underwater people, sorry, can't think of the name of what they're called, were actually really cool. The underwater city looked amazing, and just the way they live as if it's a normal town, but they're floating the entire time is weird but fascinating. I held back tears for as long as possible, but that ending really hit me. A beautiful movie. Well said. Well said, Fulia. Thank you. Um, Yeah, um, I think the name... I, I can't remember the name of the people either, but... Like, in the comics, there would be Atlanteans, but they're not doing Atlantis in Marvel and yeah. MCU here, obvious, for obvious reasons. Um, but the city is called... Because Aquaman got there first. Because Aquaman got there first, yes. <laughs> so, even, the though, city... e- even though Namor actually preceded uh, Aquaman for, I think it was like yeah. a year or something. Yeah, true. Um, oh, well. Shazam, Captain Marvel. Same thing. Um, so, yes. Yes. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I think the, the yeah the name of the city um, uh, is uh, Talokan, um, and I guess the people you would say are descended from m- the Mayan civilization. So um, mm. all the way back. Yeah, then. all the way back when. Um, yeah. So without spoiling it, yeah, um, lots of feels in this one. Obviously, uh, knew that was going to be a thing going in. Um, I was, yeah, crying at the start and sobbing at the end. Um, <laughs> so that was a lot. Um, and I just, just, just on that, as, as a film paying its respects and tribute to Chadwick Boseman, it, it succeeds highly at doing that. Uh, uh, I won't say in the parts, like what, what it obviously does, to, uh, but yeah. There was a time in the cinema where you could have heard a pin drop. Mm. It would, and it was just, yeah, I was, it was, I was stunned. Like it was so powerful. Um, you could feel everyone in the room just taking a moment and going, okay, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of moments of that in, when I went to view it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. 
Um, so they really, yeah, they, and I knew they would, but they, yeah, they really handled um, the absence of Chadwick Boseman very respectfully and very well done. So, um, yeah, hats off to Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige for bringing that together. Um, the movie as a whole is very different to the first Black Panther. Um, and not just because Chadwick's not in it, but just in terms of the structure of it and the story is very different. Um, uh, I really enjoyed, um, well, the two thing, two, my two favorite things about the movie I really enjoyed were, um, uh, Namor. Uh, I thought he was good. Um, I'm looking forward to him being expanded upon a little bit more. Um, but I, I enjoyed his introduction. Um, however, I think for me, Riri Williams kind of stole the show, um, just because I really loved, uh, her <laughs> just as a character and the energy she had. And, um, it was just so nice to hear the sound of a, uh, an Iron Man like suit again. Um, that was, that was, mm. that was, that was just really cool. So I can't wait to see her in her own series, um, on Disney plus, which is coming, I think either next year or the year after. Um, so yeah, they handled her very well. Yeah. Shuri was fantastic. Ramonda was fantastic. Okoye was as well. Although I feel like she was done a little bit dirty in the movie, but I can't tell you why. Um, and Nakia wasn't in it as much as I expected, but when she was on screen, it was, it was really great. Um, so Yeah. And there was a couple of surprise cameos from characters that we weren't expecting to see. And that was, yeah, that was really good. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just, I can't, I can't say if I, I think it's better or worse than the first film because it's just, I think I'm coming to the conclusion. It's just very different. Um, so I shouldn't really be comparing the two, no. but, but maybe overall as a movie, the first one might be better, but, um, cause there's a lot going on in this one and it's long as well um well i mean the pacing wasn't terrible or anything but it was long um and just a heads up for everyone there's only one post credit scene so you don't need to stay to the end end of the credits yeah um but yeah but definitely please stay for that post credit scene because you will not regret it um cool so yeah i think that's all i really have to say without diving into spoilers uh michael how did how did wakanda forever sit with you um, yeah, as you said, said um, can't compare with the first one because I, I feel like where the MCU is at the moment, they these movies, they they are like it, they are like different. They're, they they should be their own thing, but also expanding on the universe as well, like. Um, not necessarily a sequel to uh, Black Panther like the first one, but it definitely has those elements of a sequel of where characters characters are at this present time. And having said that, this was something a bit more special than than your average um, Marvel like uh, 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 vehicle. It's uh, it's um, it is a a loving tribute to uh, Chadwick, but it's also uh, fitting to be the ending for Phase Four. And having said that, not really spoiling like anything that that it is, this is a movie for mourning. 
and you can definitely see that within the characters and also mourning for uh, uh, um, T'Challa as well because all th- uh, thinking about that all phase four it's all about we've all th- been through this we've all been through something that's really tragic especially with like wonder vision going all the way back then that it's all about grief it's all it's all about we've lived through this we've lived through the bleep the the blip and where we need to rebuild and we need to um pretty much put a line in the sand it's okay that's where we are now we need to expand and also um make way for a new generation and you definitely see that with them slowly introducing like the young avengers uh, with uh with wonders kids with riri williams with um you know or all, all the other including scar you know <laughs> with with uh, hulk's son just tag that onto the onto the back of uh she-hulk because they needed to because kevin said hey we, we need to introduce him it's like okay <laughs> as as they tend to do in that in that tv show and it's fitting <laughs> and uh, and it's not and it's not different from Black Panther. It's just a a good ending for that f- for Phase Four, and and within that, um, all the actors bring their A game. Um, I just I just felt every single minute of it, and not in a bad way. Um, I think it was the right sort of length for this to actually. It's like okay, we know. We know we have this sort of problem with our main character not being with us, but where does that fit within this sort of timeline? And I think they handled it pretty well. They did handle mm. it handle it pretty well. They don't explain like um, nah, it's sort of spoilery too. Um, yeah, it's a bit hard <laughs> because yeah, just a bit. It is an experience that people need to need to have. If they are going to watch all MCU stuff, <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's something special, and um, it's definitely one of my one of my faves. Uh, it hits more of an emotional thing than something shallow. Like I'm sort of going off what I've been saying, like the sort of shallow analysis that you have is like, oh, I don't like this because blah blah blah. It's like no, if it's 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 more of an internal thing of where characters are, and also that this is very political heavy sort of movie that I mm. didn't expect it to actually go into those sort of uh, neocon sort 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 of stuff where, when it's dealing with um, uh, Wakanda and where where it sort of fits in in the world, especially after especially after the blip mm. uh, and where um, people of power sort of take their sort take their sort of um, uh, sort of, yeah, it's hard to explain without spoiling it, but it 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 definitely harkens to real life real life events, and what what does happen. I mean, it it definitely shows that America is you know maybe the bad guy in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Not to spoil it, but it definitely has that sort of inkling. It's like, well, America wouldn't invade a place to get all its resources. That doesn't happen in the real world. No, not no, at all. No, not so not ever. So, yeah, um, good movie, 10 out of 10, would recommend. Nice. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, please go do yourself a favor. Check out Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It is now playing across the country uh, and across the world, I believe. So um, go All see it. All around the world. <laughs> okay. Mm. Now it ah. is time for for the moment. Oh. The segment. Oh, no. The section. Yes. The part. Oh. The place. The spot in the show we like to call One popcorn way. culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> One way out. One way out, baby. One way out. One way out. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I was punching the air. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we are here oh, no, to discuss. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, oh. There we go. There we hey, go. Hey, spoilers. Yeah, spoiler warning. Because we are going to be diving into the latest episode of Andor. Uh, it's episode 10. The final is... episode. Not, not the final episode. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> it's called One Way Out. Mm. Uh, what. An episode this was. Um, holy bejesus. Let's dive in with Fulia's thoughts on uh, this episode before we get into the discussion. So, Fulia says, called it. Liar. <laughs> She's not here to defend herself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, she could. She's our editor. She could uh, insert, yeah, some, yeah. Uh, <laughs> insert some audio in if she wanted. <laughs> she could make me sound like a dickhead. <laughs> yes. Um, Michael's a dickhead. Michael's a dickhead. Michael's a dickhead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How dare you? Um, she's, okay, so she says, called it. Really liked how this episode played out. The tension between Kino and Cassian at the beginning was definitely felt, and then the overall breakout plan, which I wasn't expecting them to actually get out so quickly, was really well done. The pacing of the episode was good, with the intersplicing of the Mon Mothma scenes. Really enjoyed this episode. Mm. Cool. Yeah, well, my overall thoughts um, are very similar to hers. I I really enjoyed this one as well. Um, I did think it was slightly jarring that we went from that epic end of last week's episode that I absolutely loved with, you know, Kino being like, these, these are how many guards there are, to, you know, Kino and Cassian at the start of this episode and, and Kino's like, suddenly, oh, no, nah, we can't do this. We, we're not going to do this. Like, he just, he's, you know, very resistant to actually wanting to break out um, at first, but then he quickly was convinced otherwise. So, um, and the way that convincing was played out was, was really good. Um, but yeah, uh, the whole thing was, was just phenomenal. Um, we spend most of our time, of course, um, at the prison, um, witnessing the breakout play out. Um, so those were my favorite parts of the episode, uh, apart from a couple of other things, most importantly being 
the this uh, really uh, intense moment at the end or near the end with Luthen um, when we find out a little twist about a certain character. Um, so yeah, overall fantastic. It was worth waiting for the uh, for the heist. Sorry, the heist. We've already had heist. <laughs> the break. The breakout. <laughs> We've had everything in this show. Yeah, the breakout. I'm just looking at it on IMDb now, just to, so I have I have a listing of everything I need to know. But it's sitting on a 9.6 rating this episode on IMDb. That's pretty freaking sick. Oh yeah, just a, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, and may I just say, I am continuously just loving the writing on the show. Like, holy crap, just fantastic, just fantastic. Um, cool. Well, uh, those are my overall thoughts, I suppose, Michael. Um, what, how are you feeling about this, this episode? Did you love it? No. <laughs> I absolutely adore and love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it's just great from start to finish. You sort of see where it's going to, um, go at the end. It's like, yes. Um, having said, said that, such a shame that that uh, spoilers that we, this is probably the last time we're going to see Andy Serkis's character, uh, and just a way to say yes, th- this is him finishing up, and that's it. And I don't, I don't expect him 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 to come back. It's just more of a triumphant sort of thing at the end, and. And throughout this story, uh, this episode, it's good that they actually stuck with mostly uh, the prison. Uh, but the Monmothra scenes as well are sort of... Um, it made me icky. It, yeah. And, and I, I didn't expect it to uh, go this far within like Star Wars stuff. I mean... It, what is this show? We, first thing that we see is a brothel. What's yeah. going on? What's and our, going on? And our first, yeah. uh, our first S bomb, and now we're 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 going Game of Thrones style. It's like, well, scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, and betroth our our children. What's what's going on? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is now adult now. Yes, finally. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. And just the performances in this is great as well. Oh, like, amazing. And yeah, and just and just get your blood your blood pumping like especially with the sort of the the scenes within the pr- prison as well and just Andy Circus, man. Andy oh, Circus. Andy fucking Circus. Take a bow, mate. Like seriously. <laughs> you you don't need to mocap Oof. everything. No, he doesn't. <laughs> you can be yourself. Yeah. I mean, oh. sure, suddenly 30 is a bit weird, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably my fir- first one that I saw him in live action. I think so, yeah. Sorry. I would have been, would have been, yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. I love that movie just quietly. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's, it's okay. It's I watched good. it before I was 30, and watching Same. it now, it's like, hmm. Uh, I, I think I'm more childlike now than I was as a child. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can. 
Because you can, exactly. And I got exposable income. Mm-hmm. And I spend it all on stupid stuff. <laughs> like yeah. Doctor Who, Doctor Who memorabilia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's just, I really enjoyed this episode. And it's, it's just... Uh, Surely, because we've only got two episodes left, what is the crescendo? What is the finishing product that we're going to have at the end? Yeah, that is a really good question. Um, As we said, I mean, we've got a, we've done a heist. We've done a jailbreak. Are they going to take down something? Is, it, is there going to be a... Is there going to be some, something that's going to be taken down, like a... Like a ship or something, crashing it yeah. into a planet. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know. That's the thing I keep. We keep saying every week. Don't know where the story's going, and that's not a criticism at all. No, I it's think. it's more exciting. It's very exciting. It's keeping us on our toes. Yeah, um, you we know. know the end result. He gets blown up. So, <laughs> yeah, we know the end game. <laughs> we know the end game. Um, I do. I mean, it, I will say one thing. I I feel like. And I don't. I'm not not intentionally skipping ahead, but just in terms of where things might be headed, I would totally believe them killing Luthen off at the end of this season. After his speech that he gave, yeah, it definitely has the sort of vibe of him being like one and done. For sure, because yeah, he's a sure. very powerful character, and you can't really have him. Around basically because he doesn't pop up in anywhere, exactly. So, but I'll be happy with that. It sort of it leads the way for like the rebellion to become like more than it actually is just like a ragtag full of people. I mean, there is grumblings uh, in the universe now that something's happening, especially after the heist. Of it's like oh maybe the empire's not as phenomenal as there's there's cracks in the armor, and now I think after this sort of jailbreak, that's going to say oh what's going on there's there's a bit of a rebellion within the empire, so yeah it's it, it it's the slow take of. Maybe the rebellion sort of happens within episode uh, season two, because maybe there's something like huge at the end of this. Maybe th- we're going to see the mon, uh, the the fall of Mon Mothra for her hierarchy, and she has to leave her her uh, husband and daughter. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be with with him. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Intriguing. Very word intriguing. salad. Do you like yes. my word salad? Word salad. Love word salad. Um, cool. Well, I think, you know, we could probably just... You, you brought Mon Mothma up. We could probably just discuss uh, the Mon Mothma stuff first, um, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. As you were saying earlier, um, we get this just proposal of marriage, a union between um, this guy's son and, and Mon Mothma's daughter, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, wasn't expecting that. 
How the rich say richer. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. I, I kind of liked this whole sequence just for the fact that it just, again, it just adds more complexity to the beginnings of the rebellion uh, and to Mon Mothma's character and, you know, the length she might have to go to to secure financing. I like how she doesn't tell um, Davo uh, what the hell she's up actually up to. Mm. Um, you know, how she's just talking about, you know, this. she needs this money for this and it's not... It's for charity. You know, so, you know, it's going to a good place and, and whatnot. And, you know, she doesn't really just... She can, definitely carries over that sense of um, uh, frustration from last week's episode when uh, when Tay Colmer mentioned this guy uh, to her. You know, she just did not seem to want to be in the same room as him at all. Um, so that was, yeah, it was really, I just, I really enjoyed the scene just because, yeah, because it just further expanded on the complexity of the whole thing and was just a really well acted, like, Genevieve O'Reilly is continuing to uh, greatly impress um, uh, with her portrayal of Mon Mothma, mm. you know. Like, it's still, yeah, it still blows my mind that she's she's in Revenge of the Sith for, like, uh, barely any time at all. And now here she is, you know, 15 years later. Wasn't she just in a deleted scene? Was it a deleted scene? I thought she was actually, wasn't she actually in a scene of the movie? I thought no, she was. No, I think it was just a deleted scene. Oh, shit, really? Mm. Wow. Forgive me. I am misremembering. That's all right. Um, misremembering. But anyway, from a deleted scene, even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, to hear, here we are with her now. So, um, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, yeah. What, do you have any other, other thoughts on the way this scene unfolded, Michael? Yeah. Uh, well, with the Mon Mothra's uh, deleted scene, I think it was just too... Um, get the idea of like a little, not just the crumbs of the rebellion, but within those sort of senators, like getting together and saying, yeah, something's going to happen because we need to introduce ourselves to um, to uh, uh, Organa. And I think that that was just a deleted scene. And then oh, all of a sudden this guy's here and she, and he's going to take uh, the, the girl baby <laughs> to my planet. Yes. And you can have the boy baby, take him, take him to the desert because boys will be boys. <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, Oh, Leia's actually more equipped to handle herself more than Luke does. <laughs> mm. Which kind of makes sense because, after after the Obi Wan series, it sort of sort of goes. Um, Obi Wan goes. Um, uh, Luke can't handle himself. I'll just teach him like little bits and pieces, and then and then uh, he sees that they they got the princess. Like, okay, Luke's in safe hands now. He's got his sister. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she didn't really give a shit that Obi Wan died. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! It's like what you put all your responsibilities to me. I need to look after this kid because <laughs> because I, I think she's the older sibling by one second. I don't know, mm. or something like that. Usually, no, case. no, no. He's he's older. I remember specifically, unfortunately, the way that Padme calls out their names, and it's she says Luke first. 
ah, she's dying of grief, so she's not in her right mind. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Maybe she called called the boy Leia and the girl Luke. We don't know. We don't know. We didn't see genitals or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, Mon Mothra. Um, can't wait for can't wait to see the big crescendo of her downfall, in a weird way. Then yeah. she can get away with get away from the dickhead husband. I know. Speaking Ugh. of man bun. Yeah, speaking of man buns. Yeah, I am definitely looking forward to her not having to kind of live in the shadows and kind of finally be able to like freely express uh, how she feels and not live in fear of being discovered and yeah. taken away. So it, it's all leading towards what, what, what would you lose are willing to lose for the good of your own cause. Mm-hmm. And she does the ultimate sacrifice of getting rid of privilege, getting rid of like everything basically just for the, the good for the, for the Republic. For the greater good. Greater good. Mm-hmm. Shot it. Anyway. <laughs> Indeed. Good movie. Mm, very good movie. Uh, speaking of sacrificing things, um, I want to talk about um, Luthen and uh, this scene towards the end of the episode before we get into the yeah. uh, the, bre- the breakout stuff. And then it'll work backwards. Yeah. Um, holy crap. So... Uh, we were, you know, theorizing earlier in the the run of the episodes that maybe maybe Deidre Miro might be uh, a turncoat, might you know have some ulterior motive that we're not aware of that they could be building towards. No, nah, it was Lonnie, the redhead dude, the redhead mustache man, the redheaded mustache man. Yes. Turns out he was actually uh, the turncoat working uh, both sides um, and getting information directly to Luthen. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a nice nice reveal. But I really, again, I just love the way the whole thing played out, and we see we just see that the rebellion is really not as pure good as. We thought, and it's so much more realistic. Obviously, like, yeah, the rebellion we get in the movies is the fairy tale. It's the you know, yeah, the, it's the melodrama. The melodrama. It's the you know the the true heroism, I suppose, of of, of stories, epic tales like that. Right. Where yeah. here we're allowed to kind of go into it deeper and carve out this more realistic portrayal of what freedom fighters do and what they look like and what they have to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and I just absolutely adore that. Um, you know, bringing some complexity into into Star Wars in this way is just fascinating and I love it. Um, so Lonnie is, yeah, he's, uh, he's gone down to the belly of Coruscant to, to speak at first to Luthen, um, but then he actually sees him. Um, when he gets out of the elevator and uh, they have a very interesting exchange that was just fantastic because Lonnie wants out. He doesn't want to... Yeah. He's a father. You know, he has a newborn and a wife and he, you know, he he has decided to choose a side and he's decided to choose the Empire. You know, he doesn't want to be, yeah, 
leading this double life anymore. Um, but, you know, Luthen is convincing, trying to get him to stay, um, which I think works. I feel like he just doesn't give him an option. I feel like by the end, he's just like, no, you're, I need all the heroes I can get. You're not leaving. Um, and, you know, kind of threatening yeah. his family, which is, you know, where the, uh, the moral gray area kind of came in to the discussion. Um, that was messed up, but I, I, I like that it was messed up. Um, and you then think he, you think he can just leave freely? Yeah. <laughs> you think, oh, I'm done. I'm, I can go. No, 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 it's not that easy. You're in. Because You're in. if you leave, uh, either side, you do die. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, he's asking Luthen what he sacrifices. And then Stellan Skarsgård delivers an exceptional performance, giving this speech, as it were, I suppose, explaining what exactly it is that he sacrifices for the rebellion and, you know, he, summing it up by saying everything. Mm. Um, but just... The way he admits his faults and the part he played in the rising of the Empire, as well as trying to bring its destruction, was just really fascinating. Can I have Luthen a Star Wars story series now, please? Like, let's go back with him. I want to see... A younger version. Uh, yeah. I would love to see what he was up to, because it sounds like he was up to some shady shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, just continuously, really. Yeah. But... You can then, get one of the scars guards to play. To play. Oh, yeah, he plays <laughs> it very well. Um, and then, yeah, the fact that he just really alludes to um, the notion that he's given his life already. Like, he's not getting out of this fight alive. Yeah. Uh, he has no life to go back to. Like, he has nothing nothing left after this. Like, it's he's dying. Like, it's, yeah. And he's accepted it. And But, you know, he's trying to make Lonnie understand that this is the fight we're in. And this is the way it's going to end. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, yeah, it was just incredibly well written, incredi- incredibly well performed, and shot, and everything. It was just ten out of ten. Um, how did how did his words sit with you, Michael? How did how did the scene go for you? It was probably like the best writing within Star Wars. Um, and anything after this is definitely going to be compared to this scene. I mean. Yeah, like watch Star Wars as a kid. It and we we've got the original like uh, original movies, and we've also got like kid shows like like Rebels and and uh, Clone Wars and all that are catering for an audience that that are for children to get their sort of base level morals. But something like this is more depth into like human psyche. And and what what do you do when you've been pushed to the ap- absolute brink? And a bit of a hard pill to swallow if you're a child and you're getting into this. Uh, but you, it's something that's sort of hasn't really sat well with me. Of like the um, uh, the five hundred and one five hundred and first like. Uh, battalion or whatever they're called mm-hmm. uh they they choose to um dress up as stormtroopers and and 
yeah, it doesn't really set well with me because you, you want to dress up as a fascist regime. I thought that would be the opposite of what you wanted to do if you're a fan of Star Wars because you want to be a rebellion. You want to be pushing against a, a fascist regime, a, a to- totalitarian regime. That's what that's what George Lucas wrote this show to be. Like, yeah, and we and it's a story that's old as time that we still see today. It's like something that you need to push against, otherwise you become a cog in in this sort of weird devil's backgammon of story of you know it's it's i'm a leftist i know that (laughs) and yeah it's it doesn't really sit well with me it's like people want to be people want to be stormtroopers it's like why do you want to be like that why why surely you want to be like the people on the ground that would give up everything just like luthan i mean sure his morals are questionable but you need to have that sort of person within your group so you know where the line needs to be drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's more of the grey area that we don't really see in Star Wars. And and considering they're sort of uh, considering Star Wars is sort of moulding into something that's a bit more nuanced. Uh, and especially with Dave Filoni and, and his stuff that he s- sort of introduced in in um uh in clone wars as well and maybe a little bit of uh, mandalorian as well as well of where where they are but they're sort of setting up this um different areas within like different factions and not necessarily like the the rebellion against the empire and that's what they're sort of doing right here mm. yeah and going back to the original thing, uh, this scene, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of go onto a tangent and then just realise like, I'm just talking about Star Wars. <laughs> That's okay. Tangents are fine. Yeah. Word salad. Thank you. Word salad. I appreciate it. I like it very much. What's next? What's next? Well, if we're done with that, then I suppose it is time to tackle the uh, main chunk of the story of this episode, which is uh, the prison break that takes place. There's gonna be a jailbreak. <laughs> I totally had that song in my head too the other day when I was watching. Oh, man. Um, you can tell someone's going to do a mashup. <laughs> yeah. Has to be done. Um, yes, that so... And the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. <laughs> Hell yes. Thin Lizzie fans rise up. Um, so I kind of agree with Fulia when she said that um, she wasn't expecting them to get out so quickly. Uh, I wasn't expecting that either. I was expecting it to be more of a fight uh, for some reason. Um, but it made sense that they were able to get out the way they were because, um, you know, there weren't, there was like the ratio between prisoners and guards was insane. And the prisoners had the advantage in terms of their numbers. Um, the one thing obviously they didn't get straight away was blasters, which the guards used. And we saw a number of characters, um, 
die, uh, get shot, um, you know, mostly nameless ones, but a few of like the core group that Cassian was mm. with, um, sadly lost, lost their, their lives in the, the fight to get out. But the way it all just unfolded was just fantastic. Um, like it was like, you could feel the tension immediately, um, from, you know, just one of my favorite moments, I think in the episode was the moment where Kino Loy makes that choice to begin the, the, the prison break of like, you know, he's in the, the barracks and he makes that speech to, um, everyone in there saying that, you know, we're never getting out of here alive. There's mm. only w- there's only one way out. We need to, you know, we need to we need to go. Like he's 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 like I'm resolved to this now. I am. We are we are getting out of here. Um, yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. Um, when push yeah. comes to shove. <laughs> yes, and push comes to shove. Um, but yeah, I loved the entire the entire sequence. It was just so well done, and you know the music was phenomenal. The way it was shot was fantastic, and just, uh, yeah, it was just it was just awesome. And then I I really enjoyed two, two other things I enjoyed. One was more heartbreaking than the other, but um, I I just got such a kick out of Cassian telling those guards to get on program <laughs> when, <laughs> when when they reached the command center. I thought I was like, yes, fucking take that shit. And um, I love the fact that it was such a front. That, mm. Like the big voice of God is just this weedy little kid. Yeah. It's like they had, of course, they they were like, uh, they 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 were like shocked that something's happening because they were so used of their own sort of routine, and it's like, yeah, this is easy. We don't need we need twelve people on on each level, and it's like, yeah, they they were so set in their ways, and that's that's the problem with. That's the problem, because if you become comfortable and when people uh, that you're over decide, you know what, I'm going to die anyway. Fuck it. I'm going it. I'm going for it. Just in. Like, if you exactly. go in hard, then... Yeah. yeah. It's like what, what Cassian was, has been talking about earlier in the show, about how, how arrogant the Empire is and has become and by has this become, point. Yeah. yeah. Ever since, ever since they were, <laughs> they they were um, clowned on after that heist, and everyone knows about it. It's like, mm. oh, you don't make fun of us because we'll we'll put the foot down. We will put the we'll foot down. We'll put the foot down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was that was fantastic. And then I think the other moment that. Was just I don't know I I it was a, I, I I feel like saying it was a great moment is the wrong phrase but just I, I guess a powerful moment for me that I liked was when you know they get out and then it's you know the ocean and they're all jumping off or falling off you know because they you know discovered that that this is the the you know the way out um, I hope not, not, none of them died on impact because that looked really high up <laughs> but. Regardless, just this is this is the moment for me where Andy Circus is acting just really kind of shone like the most. Mm. The fact that he just looked at looked at uh, Cassian and was like, "I can't swim. Like, I can't, I can't swim. Like, fuck." 
<laughs> that was just that was brutal. Like and him just standing there and accepting his fate. I know? love that line. Mm. The reason why I love that line is because that sets up his entire character within this well, within the whole thing, especially this episode. That line if you think about that, he's been stewing on that ever since he said there's only 12 guards because he knows for a fact if, because Cassian's been saying, well, we need to get out, we need to get out, we need to get out, and we need to take everyone out. He's been he's been preying on that, that sort of, it's like, well, if we do, if we do manage to get out, I can't because I can't swim. So he knows either way he's going to die, and and you can sort of, and uh, retrospectively, if you go back and watch the entire thing, and knowing that he can't swim, he knows he can't swim. He knows he needs to learn how to swim like pretty fast, but I doubt it. And you can definitely see, in the, especially when he's on that um, PA system, and he oh, and just the scene seen alone without knowing what happens at the end him on, on that intercom like pretty much almost crying because he's inspiring his he's, he's inspiring his troops but he knows he won't be able to get out Jesus yeah I didn't even think about that that's exactly e- that's exactly what that is because he knows that he's not getting out of this and he's like like the reason he's so hesitant and why he in resistant to getting out totally has to come down to this. And he's just trying to delay the inevitable. Right. Yeah. And that's why, and that's why the previous episode where, where you thought, well, well, when, when you thought, well, he's already ready for it. It's like, well, that's probably, that, that was just emotion within that because he was, he, he, cause he's seeing that he's the entire thing is a lie and he's, He's like balled up with emotion. It's like you know what, let's do it. And then he sort of backtracked. It's like, oh shit, if that happens, I won't be able to get out. <laughs> yeah. So that's been preying on his mind throughout the entire episode, and that is the reason why I love this show because <laughs> it is more. There's more depth in this, in in this than any other Star Wars that I've seen. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. And just Andy Circus, and that's why I'm thinking this is probably just, just leave it at that. Just, just have yeah. him have this moment. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, we don't. As much as I would love to see him him again, because I loved his character very much. But yeah, I think you've done him justice. You've done him right. You don't need to go back. Yeah. Oh, far out, Michael. I didn't even consider that. <laughs> Sorry to me. That's what I'm here for. I love it. Thank you. No, that's fucking brilliant um yeah wow um but it was it was it was yeah the way again the way it all played out was just just phenomenal and and then it just seems that you like i love that aerial shot you get of all of them swimming out in different directions and then when you cut back at the end it's just cassian and one other guy running like on On the the beach on the beach they get to the they get to the beach and they just bolt um yeah, um, you may have reached the beach, but you still need to run. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, 
how did how did you feel apart from obviously the uh, amazing stuff with Kino Loy. How did you how did you feel about the heist? Sorry, the heist. I keep saying heist. Why? We've had a heist. We had a heist, Kendall. Jesus. Jailbreak. The jailbreak. jailbreak. How did you feel about the jailbreak? Um, well, I knew he needed to get out because story, yeah. <laughs> you know, plot armor and all that bullshit. Mm. Uh, um, I think. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure about the criticism that it, it, it was. It was that quick. I think uh, I had an inkling that it. They probably needed to get out like in this episode because I'm still thinking there's going to be something else, like something big at the end that that would kickstart the main uh, rebellion, and that would be Mothra like falling from grace, as well as. Cassian pretty much definitively going, I'm part of the rebellion now mm-hmm. because I because pretty much I've went through all this shit and and you could and he himself has seen like the cracks within the empire from from like like the heist and the jailbreak is like he's pretty much invincible and <laughs> in a way and. It's like you know what I can do so much good, and I'm thinking, um, uh, and that's why I'm thinking we sort of go back to uh, oh, the planet where with Aunt Petunia. <laughs> yes, yes, Fiona Shaw's character, yeah, Aunt yeah. Marva. Yeah, um, we're on Ferrex for a, a brief scene. Yes, I still think she's probably going to die. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. like at the end, and that would kickstart him going. You know, I, I'm doing it for her. Yeah, absolutely. Because she was so gung ho for this rebellion, and also I've seen the cracks and all that. And then we'll kickstart into in season two that they're filming right now. Yes. So overall, I like it. Ten out of ten. Would recommend. <laughs> Nice. Good. All right. Well, um, that might wrap it up, I think. I don't think there's really much else to unpack or discuss. Yes. It was a phenomenal episode of television and a phenomenal addition to the Star Wars canon. So, yeah. yeah. Much require. Yeah. If you want something a bit more in-depth. Yeah. I can't believe Phil hasn't seen it yet. Phil! Well, the last time we were talking about it, it was like, you need to get on this. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to love it. He's <laughs> like, no, I have to finish um, Clone Wars. It's like, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of pick it up as you go. It's like, no, it needs to be in chronological order. Oh, dear. <sighs> okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Philip. All right. Well, um, yeah, that'll that'll do it for Popcorn Culture for this week. Uh, those are our thoughts on on uh, episode ten of Andor, One Way Out. Uh, one way out. One way out. Episode ten. Ten out of ten. Um, yeah, two episodes left of the first season. So we have the penultimate episode and the finale remaining. Mm. So uh, it's only upward from here, I think. Yeah. 
It's going to be so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, awesome. Well, that's uh, yeah. That's going to be a wrap on the show too, I think. Yeah. We're done. We're done. That's it. We're done. Dusted. It's over. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. Good night. Good evening. And that, that was, was a, a podcast called Fred. Fred. Yes, remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, maybe. yeah, and maybe Twitter uh, yeah. for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Freddy Alien, you can head over to youtube.com slash freddyalienproductions.com. And you can also like a, uh, follow us on Twitch. You can follow us anywhere. Just click the bell icon for more whatever Fulia says in this bit. Yay! <laughs> yeah! Do all the buttons and the bells and the, and the subscribing to stay up to date with us um, as we unpack everything nerdy across the internet. Um, I've been Kendall Richardson. And I've just jailbreaked Michael Lister. <laughs> Ooh. And you... And you just, just experienced, experienced a, podcast a podcast called... Fred. Mmm. Yes. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to eat beef. Yes. And remember, Freddy lives, Loki dies, the Doctor is in, and Wakanda forever. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Later, skaters. See ya, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And... And... Scene. Love you, Kevin. Love you, Kevin.